Ladies and gentlemen, we now bring you a broadcast by remote control, emanating from one of the smarter debutante parties of the season. As we bring the microphone closer to the orchestra, you will hear that very delectable tune. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Carmino Maluzzo and Joseph Nasberg. We'll do some drinking, get an English lesson, and do some knocking. Last week, June 2nd, marked the birth in 1906 in Manhattan of Carmino Maluzzo. Doesn't ring a bell? How about Charlie Costello? No? Well, you may know him better as guitarist, vocalist, band leader, and nightclub owner Charlie Palloy. How he came up with Charlie Palloy as his professional name is not known, but in April of 1925, he applied for membership in Local 802 of the American Federation of Musicians under that name and was immediately accepted. He plays guitar on all his recordings, but while he was in New York, was listed as a banjo player in the union directories. At the time of the 1930 census, Charlie was married to Augusta Hausler, a professional dancer, and on September 20th, their daughter Carmela was born. Charlie's first known recording was made for Victor on April 29, 1929, a vocal solo with guitar, but it was a test and not issued. His recordings on the Crown label were made between September 1932 and July 1933, but on November 23rd he recorded a vocal with the Meyer Davis Orchestra of On a Steamer Coming Over, issued on Columbia. In the mid-1930s he used the name Don Costello and later in the decade Charles Costello, which he used for the rest of his life. He played with various groups at clubs in and around New York into 1940, when he relocated to Detroit, playing at major hotels and clubs, including the Wedgwood Room, which by 1950 Charlie owned and renamed Charlie Costello's. Charlie Costello was listed in the Detroit Federation of Musicians directories until at least 1971, and then worked as a sales rep for an auto accessories manufacturer until his retirement in 1991. He died September 18, 1993, of pancreatic cancer, and he and Augusta are buried at Mount Olivet Cemetery in Kalamazoo Zoo, Zoo Michigan. Here's Charlie Palloy. <laughs> ¶¶ 
lonely old world Who are the loneliest three The cop on the beach The man in the moon And me Around the corner there's a party upstairs Here on the corner are we The cop on the beach The man in the moon And me I go to my room and open the door. There's nothing but gloom. So I go to the corner to hang around some more. I watch the happy looking couples go by. They're so in love they can't see. The cop on the beat, the man in the moon, and me.
And right then and there, we started humming a happy wedding tune. It was on a steamer coming over. We both vowed to be true. A perfect sea, a sunny sky, for there was she and there was I. What could we do? Your love so badly, I love you all so madly, but I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. I thought at last I'd found you, but other loves surround you, and I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. You'd surrender just for a tender kiss or two. You might discover that I'm the lover meant for you, and I'd be true. But what's the good of scheming? I know I must be dreaming, for I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you.
Charlie Palloy recorded two sides on March 31, 1933, with Frank LaMotta as nominal leader of the orchestra. One was Let's All Sing Like the Birdies Sing, and the one we just heard, I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You, on Crown 3472. I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You was written by Victor Young, Ned Washington, and Bing Crosby. Charlie recorded just one side with the Meyer Davis Orchestra, and that was on a steamer coming over. That was also Charlie's one and only recording on Columbia, catalog number 2861, recorded November 23, 1933. On a Steamer Coming Over was composed by Lou Handman with the lyrics by Joe Goodwin and Henry Bergman and is from the Cotton Club Review of 1933, the same show in which Ethel Waters introduced Stormy Weather. We started off with what I think is our friend Domingo Mancoyo's favorite song to sing, The Cop on the Beat, The Man in the Moon, and Me. That was Charlie Polloy around November of 1932 with the High Steppers, in this case a pseudonym for Adrian Schubert on Crown 3394. The Cop on the Beat was written by John Murray, Al Goodhart, and Al Hoffman, and I'm sorry, Charlie, but Domingo does a better job singing this one. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. On the May 24th edition of his podcast, The Shellac Stack, my friend Brian Wright, who many of you know and listen to, played a record by Dolly Dawn and her Dawn Patrol from 1937 titled Okole Howe about a Hawaiian alcoholic beverage that dates back to the 1800s. Now, I suggest, nay, insist, that if you haven't already, you listen to the show to find out all about the drink and the records which reference it, and you can do that by going to Brian's website, shellacstack.com. I bring all this up because, as many of you know, I'm somewhat of a mixologist, and Brian asked on the show if I had ever heard of or tasted Okole Hau, and if so, my thoughts about it. I have to admit I was completely unaware of Okole Hau, but those of you who follow my cocktail posts on Facebook know that after finding out about it, I would simply have to get a hold of a bottle, which I did directly from the distillery in Hawaii, islanddistillers.com. Okole Hau is 100 proof, and there was definitely the smell of alcohol, but also a mild tropical aroma. A shot served neat brought distinct notes of banana and was slightly sweet. I opted to make a very simple Hawaiian soda cocktail, two ounces of Okole Hau, four ounces of club soda, and a squeeze of lime served over ice in an old-fashioned glass, and it makes a very refreshing summertime drink. I'll be trying it in some more exotic drinks, such as the Lay Day cocktail made with white cream de menthe, absinthe, and okole hau garnished with a small spear of pineapple, and also the Polynesian Paralysis, a blended drink with lemon, orange, and pineapple juices. I'm not going to play Dolly Dawn's recording of okole hau. You can listen to that on the shellac stack, but I do have at least a couple of rapidly rotating records about drinking beginning with the State Street Swingers.
find a hole. You drink too much. Yes, you drink too much. You can't do nothing cause you drink too much. I give you money to pay a bill. You come on smelling like a liquor still. You drink too much. Yes, you drink too much. You can't do nothing cause you drink too much.
started that drinking segment with the State Street Swingers and You Drink Too Much from January 26, 1937 on Vocalion 03462. The vocalist was Mary Mack, who recorded with her husband, Billy Mack. She was born Mary Gant in Algiers on July 28, 1891 and died in Chicago January 7, 1979. State Street, in this case, refers to the State Street in Chicago. We can't really be accused of drinking too much because there were only two records in that set. The second, Take a Drink on Me by Charlie Poole with the North Carolina Ramblers. Columbia 15193 was recorded July 25, 1927. Last week, June 3rd, marked the birth in 1908 in Brooklyn, New York of Joseph H. Nassberg. You've heard him many times on the show, but under his stage name, Joey Nash. An article in the July 28, 1937 Asheville, North Carolina Citizen Times says that before taking up singing, he was a big league baseball player pitching for the St. Louis Browns. But I could find no evidence of that, even on BaseballReference.com, which lists every major and farm league player since 1871. Joe did receive his musical training at the Institute of Musical Art, founded by Frank Damrosch, now the Juilliard School, as a saxophone player. Joey had two older brothers, Jules by eight years, and Henry by 14. Jules was a professional saxophonist, and in 1924 and 25, he and Joe played together in Billy Wynn's Greenwich Village Inn Orchestra, which recorded for Edison. Jules played with Vincent Lopez's orchestra for four years and, surprised at the quality of his younger brother's voice, put Joe through a vocal training course. In 1929, Joe was an understudy for Rudy Valley and could sing Valley's entire repertoire of songs. 
Jules arranged an audition for Joe with Lopez, but in the meantime, Joe accepted an offer from Howard Lennon to conduct the Howard Lennon Orchestra at the Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach, Florida in 1930. While Joe was in Florida, Jules met Richard Himber and urged Joe to return to New York, whereupon Himber hired him. Joe wasn't making much money with Himber and suffered from a case of mastoiditis, a bacterial infection of the ear, which nearly cost him his hearing. He came to the attention of radio sponsors and landed a 26-week contract with the series The Lady Next Door on WEAF and another series over WJZ. Jules eventually left the music business and became an insurance broker. Joey was extremely unhappy in Richard Himber's orchestra. In the liner notes of a Bluebird LP reissue of Fats Waller, he says he was worn out, distraught, and disgusted with the constant squabbles with Himber, describing him as fidgety and often flamboyant, cheap, devious, and lying, and left as soon as he had the chance to break his contract. Fats Waller, whom Joey had met on a train on the way to New York, invited Joey to accompany him in his Lincoln limousine to Hollywood, where Fats was making the film King of Burlesque, and promised to make sure Joey got established in musical movies and West Coast radio. Joey admitted it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and that it was a colossal blunder not to accept, but couldn't bring himself to take the plunge. In 1936, he organized a dance band of his own, which was heard on KHJ in Los Angeles, and in 1937 he was a vocalist with Ray Sinatra's orchestra. During World War II, he and Fats entertained at the receiving barracks of the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and Nash continued to record into the 1940s, then joined the FBI. Joey Nash died February 1, 2000, in Teaneck Township, New Jersey. Here's Joe Nasberg before he was Joey Nash.
There you have a couple from Joey Nash with Richard Himber and his Ritz-Carlton Orchestra. Why Have a Falling Out, Just When You're Falling in Love, written by Howard Johnson, Frank Weldon, and James Cavanaugh, from Victor 24869, February 11, 1935. That was preceded by Fun to be Fooled, from Victor 24680, waxed July 13, 1934. Fun to be Fooled was composed by Harold Arlen with the words by Ira Gershwin and Yip Harburg and is included in the Broadway musical review Life Begins at 840. We started off not with Joey Nash, but with Joe Nasberg, playing alto sax with Billy Wynn and his Greenwich Village Inn Orchestra on Blue-Eyed Sally. From Edison Blue Amberol Cylinder 4964, Wax January 16, 1925. Blue-Eyed Sally was written by J. Russell Robinson. I'm Glenn Robinson, without the N in the middle, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're available on your smart speaker anytime at all, simply by saying, Play Rapidly Rotating Records Podcast. One of the reasons English is a difficult language to learn is that it has a lot of homographs, words that are spelled the same but have different sounds and meanings, such as wind and wind, homonyms, words that are spelled and pronounced the same but have different meanings, such as book, as in something to read, and book as in making a reservation, and homophones, words that have the same sound but different spellings and meanings, such as flower as in daffodil and flower as in baking. Another homophonic example is night as in sunset to sunrise and night as in medieval mounted armored soldier. And here's a set of rapidly rotating records by some of the latter.
Richard Hitter's Blue Nights, with one of two issued sides from a Jeanette session recorded in New York on September 9, 1925, Stomp Off, Let's Go. The band recorded four sides a few months earlier as Richard Hitter's Cabineers, which were issued on the very rare Everybody's label, about which nothing whatsoever is known. The orchestra at Williams College in Massachusetts is called the Williams Purple Knights. On January 2, 1931, they gave a concert in Bronxville, New York, along with the school's Glee Club, and earlier that same day, the band recorded two tunes they would play in the concert, Dinah and Living Loving You. The recordings were intended to be on a special record to be sold or distributed to the Williams College community, but they were also issued commercially on Victor 22625. We started off that night set with Robinson's Nights of Rest with Mean Baby Blues, recorded by Jeanette on February 4, 1930, issued on Champion 16607. The Nights of Rest were Bob Robinson on clarinet, Jimmy Blythe on piano, and Scrapper Blackwell on guitar. Last week on her Facebook page, friend and listener Lynn in London posted a photograph of a knocker-upper. What? In 1930s London, a knocker-upper was someone whose job was to wake people up during a time when alarm clocks were expensive and not very reliable. They earned about six pence a week using a pea shooter to shoot dried peas at the windows of sleeping workers in East London, and a knocker-upper would not leave a window until he or she was sure that the workers inside had awakened. Well, for this segment, we're going to do some knocking of our own, but not with a pea shooter. Thank you. 
before I took you back to my little shack Now I can't take you back anymore Can't take you back anymore For you will leave me as before When you went away It's a little crunchier than I'd like, but the slide whistle and wood blocks are worth it on Knockwood and Whistle from late 1922. That's Joseph Samuels and his orchestra on the British Edison Bell winner label, credited as the Grafton Band. 
The Edison Bell Winner label was created in 1912, and the records were all recorded in London until 1922, when J.E. Huff Limited and Star Piano Company of Richmond, Indiana, makers of Jeanette Records, made an agreement to include American releases. Here in the U.S., this matrix was issued on Banner as by the Banner Dance Orchestra, on National as the Frisco Syncopators, and on Oriel as the Oriel Dance Orchestra. You may have recognized the vocalist as Arthur Hall, and Knock Wood and Whistle was written by Jack Cadigan and Chick Story, the same pair that wrote Ding Toes and Thanks for the Lobster. And yes, you can now expect a lobster segment on an upcoming show. We started off with the San Antonio, Texas Western Swing Band, the Tune Wranglers, with Why Do You Knock at My Door? They made a total of about 80 sides. That one recorded in San Antonio on February 24, 1937, and issued on Bluebird 7076. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶